Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Yes, we're live, and yes, the recording will be with Kevin. We'll be at 9.30. So we're here a little bit early. i got to get one. I mean, look at this weather. Another day of golf and stuck in there, right? Before we pretty soon are be talking about snow for skiing, right? At any rate, I... You know, I'm gonna. T- I have a lot on my mind about this whole jabber again about a 60/40 portfolio. That that's the thing that used to work and now doesn't because it had its worst year in uh, ever, right? Because bonds and stocks in unison went down last year, and they went down a lot. I mean, not, it's not like the market crashed or anything like that, but a 25% correction is pretty good, pretty stout. And we're in this turmoil time where, where everything is just like, i got to wrap my mind around something. The market's up 10% as measured by the S&P. Tech stocks are up even more. But do you know that the average stock is down this year? The average stock is down. Meaning, of the 500 stocks, more are down than up in a year that is up 10%. So, the reality is, most people's portfolios just really aren't doing that well. Bonds are still suffering, even though rates were high. The coupon, I'll come back to that, but the coupon... Basically, is what you're going to get on the bond. I mean, that's it. It's, it's lots of lots of gnashing of teeth on Wall Street. Just constant, constant babble about interest rates and the crushing blow of the bond market. And in the end, bonds pay the coupon. That's what they do. And we'll come back to that because that's a, that's a really important point as we're talking about the 60/40 portfolio. Okay. And I think we're going to probably talk about this for a couple of weeks. It's because it is just a big talked about and misunderstood, in my opinion, idea of how you're supposed to manage money. And what a disappointment it is. You see, you read in the Wall Street Journal that, oh, you know, investors are so disappointed because this has worked for so long. I'm like, no, it, it actually didn't work very well for 15 years. Because interest rates were near zero. You know, if the stock market does really, really good, so the 60% is doing okay. But the 40% is absolutely certainly guaranteed to not beat inflation. I think that's a really silly portfolio mix that wasn't working very well at all. Would it have been better to say, let's do 70% or, or even if you say, oh, I don't want to put more than 60% in stocks. Fine. What about some alternatives during that period of time? And so you flash forward and here we are after the worst year for a 60-40 portfolio ever. Or at least in 40 years or something. I, I think it's forever. And you look at that, and it certainly was the worst bond year ever. So that 40% was crushed. And you look at that. And after that, all of Wall Street is going, hmm, the 60-40 is broken. Well, thank you. After the fact, after it was broken, you're telling me it's broken going forward. And I think it's the dead opposite. It was broken 15 years ago when 40% of it is at zero. This will not work. Then why do it? And I think it's an important point when we hear all kinds of this is what worked, that's what's working, and 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 you toss in with this belief system that no matter what evidence is in front of you, you won't change. You just won't change. 
And, and uh, you know, I, I think of these things as, as, you know, kids on a playground. I think of it as politicians, people like Matt Getz that just are just like, there is no end game. He has no plan just to be, um, I don't know, a maggot, an attention-getting maggot with no plan. There isn't a, 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 an upside here. We are going to do what? Cause chaos. That's somebody, and that group of people, is somebody that no matter what the evidence, they won't change their mind. And so Wall Street, for, for all these years, is acting like a bunch of politicians that are never wrong and won't even consider new information. Won't. Just won't. And this goes on and on, and now we're like going, whoa, it's broken. We're going, and I'm turning around going, whoa, we have a possibility of something coming back that might work. Why do I say that? <laughs> it's really not hard. It's because interest rates are 5 6 and 7% on high-quality bonds. They were guaranteed not to work, certainly after inflation. Now they're earning a little bit more than inflation. Huh. So I could have some... I'm not saying go get a 60-40 portfolio. I think it's overly simplistic and silly. It makes no sense to me. You still don't do that well against inflation. Only the 60% does. But the idea that you can own bonds now to generate excess income into a portfolio, more than dividends do on stocks, at least initially, right? Because stocks grow their dividends over time. Bonds don't. They're guaranteed not to. And so you, that combination or some combination, 20%, 10%, something in there. And it also has that money, if the market doesn't do well, that you can use and not sell down, which is the death spiral. So as we, as we think about income and retirement, we think about all of those things, and we are always talking about the 60-40. Remember, Wall Street doesn't change its mind. People don't change their mind. I know what I know, and I don't want to see the evidence of anything different. Now, I think that's weird on a place like Wall Street where mm, Wall Street people tend to think they're pretty darn smart. No numbers. But once again, the vast majority of people everywhere, in all industries, in all things in their life, know what they believe and don't give me the facts to tell me that's wrong. I don't care. I'm not listening. And that is the overwhelming problem with all investing is people are sure. I'll give you an example. I'll give you multiple examples. When interest rates rise, then dividend-paying stocks are really hit hard. Is that a true statement? Well, of course it's a true statement. We all know it's true because that's what's said all the time on Wall Street. And it isn't all the time true. Rising oil prices mean rising inflation. Not necessarily true at all. Oftentimes, that is not true. Rising retail sales equals inflation. Once again, not necessarily true. But these are great sayings on Wall Street. Wonderful sayings. Stocks and bonds are a good complement to each other. They don't move the same direction, except when they do. Oh, so they're really not an offset. Nope, not at all. And so we get in this dialogue where we just hear these chatbots on TV. Well, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, interest rates, inflation, and, you know, and things like that. We're just going to talk and talk and talk and talk about the Fed and the dot plots, and it's going up, it's going down. Did you see what the Fed did? See there? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Hoo, hoo. I got nothing to say except Fed, Fed, Fed. Interest rates, interest rates. 
as if that's the driver. It's not corporate profits. It's not, it's not the fact that the economy, the world is technologically, wow, amazing stuff is coming everywhere. Everywhere. All we do is we talk about what's right in front of us and babble like each other. And we, oh, yeah, Fed. Oh, yeah, interest rates. Oh, yeah, that's all there is ever. And this has literally gone on for 10 years. And it's really hyped up over the last two. So let's check the record of Wall Street. Let's check the record of the Fed for nailing this thing. And we ought to really follow them because it sounds really smart. So the Federal Reserve tells us at the beginning when, that, that they now recognize the beginning of 22-ish, you know, end of 21. We don't think that there's, uh, that in fact, inflation is um, um, transitory. It's it's not. It probably is more in, entrenched than we thought originally. Sorry, sorry about that. Kind of missed that one. Oh, well, a whole lot of economists didn't miss it, but you weren't listening, were you? Yeah, they weren't. It was transient. I mean, it's just temporary. Don't worry about it. We don't need to raise interest rates. Even after that, they continued to buy bonds. In other words, take more money and push it out of the helicopter. Here. I know you're already full. You've had so many dollar bills thrown at you. But here's some more. They keep doing it. For six more months. As they're telling us, they think they're going to have to raise interest rates. They are going to stop in May. And by golly, we are not going to change our mind. We said we were going to stop pushing more money into the system in May. I know the evidence changed. I know everything changed. We should stop, but we won't. Because we're never wrong. We're the Fed. We're the Treasury. And that transient inflation, we're not worried about it. So the first thing they do is keep digging the hole deeper. The next thing they do is tell us there'll be three quarter of a point interest rate increases. And Wall Street's, yep, absolutely. This is all it's going to take is just a little bit of this. And the economists all agree. Not all. Not even close to all. I shouldn't say that that way at all. But those in power and those with the big investment banks, the big highly paid ones, you know, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, the other ones that read the tea leaves and know the future so well. What do they say? They just agree with the Fed. Because if you don't agree with the Fed, you don't want to fight the Fed, remember? Remember that saying? All those good Wall Street sayings that are kind of sort of right sometimes and not really right all the time? But it really sounds smart when you say it. So they say it. Don't fight the Fed. Oh, we're just going to raise rates a couple times. And it looks like all this money can easily be just kind of like pulled right out of the system over a long period of time. No inflation. It, you know, inflation will moderate with two or three quarter point increases. By the end of the year, we had the equivalent of 18 of those, not three. 18 quarter point increases. Because we started raising very quickly because a quarter of a point wasn't going to do anything. How about a three-quarter point? A three-quarter point? A three-quarter point? A half a point? A three-quarter point? 18 equivalent to what the Fed said. But they're the ones that control it. Hmm. Boy, what's, that's kind of... They missed that one just a hair. Just a bit. Wall Street, right alongside. Hmm. Interesting. Now we're starting to see the bond market completely unravel because interest rates moving from zero to five is a heck of a move. Unprecedented. Love that word because, well, we just say it's unprecedented because that's the cool word. It's kind of like epic a few years ago. We got to throw it into every sentence. But I'll tell you what, it is unprecedented. It's never happened before. So we're going to do a new never happened before. Wall Street says, as it always does, trend following, since we were wrong in 22, 
and the stock market went down 25%, and bonds were terrible. And in fact, we had our worst 60-40 portfolio mix ever in history. We were dead wrong, and it's really terrible out here. And so we think 23 will be dead, dead terrible again. I mean, it's be horrible because that's what we do is just follow trends. And, of course, you can't buy tech stocks because when interest rates are high and they're high, then they really, really, really do bad. So, of course, what happens is it reverses it. Tech stocks take off. And at one point this year, we're up 35 38% as measured by the NASDAQ. By July, those bears have been, I mean, the ones that were really clinging to the bearish statement. They finally decided, uh, we got to throw in the hat. We got to get bullish here at the top of the market. This is the chatbot Wall Street. Talking about interest rates, what the Fed does. And we don't ever really seem to stop and just recognize. There is no, there's nothing in that. There's no wisdom at all in listening to the chatbots. None. They parrot each other. They, they babble about the Fed. You know, it, it reminds me of crazy people walking around just kind of like, Fed, 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 Fed. It just reminds me of this where people can't stop themselves. And we're in this world where they all just mimic each other and it's noise. The Fed's been so wrong by such a magnitude, it's just inconceivable. There's still so much money out there left over from injecting trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in a brand new experiment. I, I, don't, I don't expect people to get the future right, but when they say with great certainty, and they say it together, and they're almost always like dead wrong, you just go, why am I listening? Give me some insight. Let's talk about where rates are, not where they were. Let's talk about the future, not the past. Let's think outside the box, and let's talk about what portfolios ought to look like. Let's look at the ground conditions, not the prediction conditions. You don't have to be right. You don't have to make predictions to get rich. In fact, when you make predictions to get rich, you don't get rich because you do the wrong thing. i got to take a quick break and do the right thing. And ask if you would like to give us a call at 580-5436-580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Hey, kind of talking about the 60-40 portfolio, but also trying to, you know, kind of tie this together with the, the idea, well, the truth, that it's very difficult for us to change what we believe, what we already know to be true. Even, even even as the facts are presented. And this includes, most certainly, Wall Street. Very much certainly. It's, it, can, can you imagine how long it would last on a panel discussion? How, how, long you would, how many times you'd be invited back if you're with whoever? And the discussion is the Fed, 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 right? It's going around the table. The Fed, well, it, you know, it can't go up. And it gets to you and you go, I, I don't really care about Fed babble. You know, I, I take a long-term perspective and I look at the corporations. If they're making money, then great. If not, I'll get them out of the portfolio and move on. I, I, I don't know what the Fed's going to do. You wouldn't be invited back. Now, that's not 100% true. There are people out there that have been around for 40 years, 30 years, whatever, have done very well and can be plain spoken as heck like in the pre-dawn shows or pre-market shows. They have on, you know, have a guest on for 30 or 40 minutes and just talking things. They, 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 those folks have an opportunity to go, yeah, it's also not things we worry about. But on the day-to-day chat box, just all day long, that's what they do. And it's not helpful. It isn't. It just isn't. And that's why I'm not here just to make fun of how wrong Wall Street is. We need to learn from the fact that people that sound really smart, why the world is ending, for example, and you need to buy gold, has been going on for 40, 50, 
60 years, just in different ways. You used to get stuff in the mail, right? You could get all your doomsday reports in the mail. And then it was only on the radio. And now it's everywhere all the time, 24-7 available on the Internet. And you push your little mouse over there and put click right on that person. Usually, like, uh, if it's a dude's computer, it's going to be a pretty girl that's going, oh, I'm really, you know, has kind of a learn, uh, uh, it really hurtful look on her face. Like, oh, my gosh, this guy is falling. And you're like, get this special report over here about the Fed printing out stupid money or digital currency. Click. Okay, guess what you get now? Up. Uh, hey, Bob, we got one. Got one. Start pushing, pushing, pushing the emails. The panic button at this person, at this computer. The little cookie settings go crazy, and then they sell the list all over the place. And it's doomsday reports all the time. All the time. Wonder why they're on your computer, don't you? Terry, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Professor. You say something about golf? Yes, sir. Yeah, I got to get one more round in this year. But it's fun to be back here. Um, you know, we took a cruise and then we had had some family things. Anyway, it was just a busy time. So we had a couple of recordings. Good to be back in the studio. Well, with all the money you're making, you can go golf in Barbados for wherever you want to after hurricane season. So <laughs> I better wait till after hurricane season. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were talking about, you know, Interest rates keeping up with inflation. And then what about the accumulative of inflation that happened when we had zero interest rates for all that time? We were getting inflation all along and it just kept adding up. Now we're that much behind the power curve. We are. We are. And uh, there's no question. You know, it's, it's uh, well, number one, people, inflation was extremely low, well below 2%. The biggest concern back then, and I think it was a reasonable concern, was deflation. And people say, well, what's wrong with prices going down? Hmm. You can't survive an economy that says, you know, I think I'll wait to purchase that because it's going to be cheaper next year. It causes the economy to slow very, very dramatically. And well, on, yeah. You know, honestly, the depression was that. But go ahead. But you tear the Band-Aid off, get, it over, get the pain over quick, and, and then start building again. Well, and that's part all, of that's, all this too big to fail stuff we've been doing mm -hmm. all along or for so long now is, is avoiding the pain. Well, you need the pain to keep things healthy. Well, you do. There is no question about it. I, I, I'm not sure what the right answer, the perfect right answer is. I'm quite sure it wasn't what we did. Um, yeah. And I don't expect <laughs> it to be perfect, okay? But what I, what, what I do think that we've gotten away from is that. All pain is bad. So the pain of economic pain, the Federal Reserve needs to come charging in and throw money out of helicopters mm. with no consequence. There is consequence. What we need sometimes is for the economy to sink a little bit because then it will flush out the nonproductive parts of the economy. And Thank out you. of that will come the more productive, better, and the whole society grows. The organism, us, becomes healthier after going through a fever, if you will, that burns off some of these. And when we don't allow it to happen, it, then it can't, and then we continue to walk around with slower than we deserve growth with an economy that's basically a ball and chain. Yeah, I, I, I'm just whining because I can. But I, I do have one thing I want out of all this silliness that they're doing. And I've only been saying it for 30 years. I just want to audit the Fed one time. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's all be honest up front here. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Politics, government, honest. That's oxymoron time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's a bad idea because actually they're losing billions of dollars now on their portfolio, and I don't even know where the fundings come from, and they have not talked about it, and nobody ever asks them. So I don't. I would like to see that too, Terry. I don't even know that anything's going wrong, but they need to be accountable as everyone else is. Yep. But Terry? Anyway, well, you shoot them long and straight. Thanks, pal. Thanks for the call. We'll talk to you All later. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. All right, we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will take your calls. And I will, first of all, talk about bonds, because it's a very important thing to understand as we're heading into this period of higher interest rates. What do bonds pay? We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and once again, thanks for joining us. We're live, 580-5436-580-KIDO. Once again, thank you to Jennifer Stone for grabbing the show last week and uh, also um, helping me on the recordings from the prior week. So thank you very much, and thank you. We'd love to hear from you. Was it good? You like this mix? Don't like this mix? It's okay. We'd love to hear from you. That's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. All right, um, bonds. Really important to understand because there's so much talk. Bonds are getting crushed. Oh, the 60-40, it's the worst thing ever, right? Okay, well, this is bond talk. When you're considering what bonds are and why people buy them, they buy them because they're higher in the capital stack, meaning if the company that you own it is struggling, you get paid before anybody else does, right? That's, they're just higher up. So they're safer in a struggle. But in the meantime, let's say you have a five-year bond. And interest rates, you buy it, and let's just say it was at 5% when you bought it six months ago. And you get your statement, and it's like you've lost money on that bond. That's what it says. What do you mean you've lost money on that bond? It's a, let's pretend it's a U.S. government bond. What are you talking about? Didn't lose money on a bond. They're not going to default. It's not the point. The point is now interest rates are on that same bond maybe are 5.3. In other words, why would I pay you five? Pay, pay you full price for your 5% bond when I could buy a brand new one and get more? And the answer is I won't. So your statement says you've lost money. Boo-hoo. This is the way we all treat our investments, right? As soon as Apple goes down a little bit, <laughs> I lost money. Ah, it's all going to go away. In fact, in fact, people count on you feeling that way. That's what the equity indexed annuity guy does. It's all that. It's like, oh, my gosh, temporarily the price went down, meaning you lost. So you think about this over the years, okay, because this is so true of our human nature. So let's say you're putting in money into your 401k over the years. And you've put in, let's call it $200,000 over the past, I don't know, 20 years. Okay? You put that much money in. But amazingly, it grew until last year to a million dollars. And then we had a certain to occur over and over again, all the days of our lives, market correction, and it went down to $800,000. Now, the fact is, you put in two hundred thousand; it's worth eight hundred. You have made six hundred thousand dollars. By the way, doing absolutely nothing. You breathe, you live, you leave it alone, and you get six hundred thousand dollars growth. It's absolutely absurd. It's that easy, and <laughs> it is amazing, right? It's true. You didn't do anything. You don't deserve this. But here's six hundred thousand dollars. That's the truth. That's the fact before us. There's, it's indisputable. But what do people say? I lost $200,000. That is exactly what they say. And that's exactly what the, the gold-selling doomsday people and equity index annuity people, that's what they, they need you to believe. You can't sustain that kind of volatility, that kind of loss, especially as you head into retirement. Give me all of your money. That is what they count on is our human nature that says not my 200000 has grown to $800,000 after the market correction. No, I lost from the exact top to here. And when am I going to get my money back? Thank you very much. That is exactly human nature. And the only thing that we have to fight all the time. You just got $600,000 for nothing, for doing nothing. I put money in my 401k. Yeah, yeah, you did. Good for you. What did you do for the $600,000 gain? Absolutely nothing. 
And if that's true, you did nothing, then you get that $600,000. If you think that you're going to predict the market, that you're going to pull it out, throw it in the gold, because the end of the world is here this time really for sure. I promise it is. I, I know. It is. I've been really digging in. Those are the things that destroy the whole program. And our own mind works against that to say, I've lost when you haven't lost. When you don't get the top price on the stock you sold, it doesn't make you a loser. When you bought Apple, it went up so much, you have to trim a little bit, and it keeps going higher. You're a winner, not a loser. But the brain doesn't like that. And so we look at these artificial high-water marks and can go through a correction when am I going to get back to a million dollars? I like that. I like that number. I want to get back to that number. I don't know when. But if you leave it in there, it will. And then we go through the whole worry of the world over top of it. And you know, I think, I'll, I think in the next hour I'll talk about that. Because, man, do we have a lot of bad stuff going on. We do. Got black swans everywhere. Kind of makes them not really rare, huh? It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of doomsday stuff. A lot of stuff to be thrown at people. And we just don't know what to parse through, to, to carve off. What is the non nutritious part that we can just cut off here? It's hard. Because we, we, we are built to believe the negative more than we believe the positive. Which is why optimism is, is not totally... I mean, who doesn't want to be optimistic? But we're not. People aren't. And, and, and yet, the only realism is optimism. That's the facts, the facts before us, the facts behind us, the facts for all of history. Things work out. But this time it won't. It's the, that's our human nature. That's our fight. And I see whenever we have a market correction, how, I just lost money. No, you didn't lose money. You did not lose money. And we got plenty of people inputting all of that into you because if you believe that, I can get your money. I can get you to put it over here, take a giant commission, <laughs> and I get rich. <laughs> That's the plan. Frighten people. And make them get out of their plan. It does. It works. It works. All right. We got to take a quick. Well, no, no. We got time. Let's go ahead and grab the call. Jim, how you doing? Hey, Dave. What's happening? Good. Hey, I'm back in the saddle again. I like it. Feels good. A, well, I think nowadays they have uh, golf courses on cruise ships, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're not much. I'll tell you that. A driving net is all I, we found on this one. I, maybe they had a putt-putt thing going sometime I, that I didn't see, but, yeah. Yep. Yeah, maybe a miniature golf. Yep. I wanted to, to add on to what uh, Terry was saying about uh, sometimes we need pain, you know. Mm-hmm. And in today's society, whether it's fiscal or physical, they want to relieve pain. Have you noticed after that so-called pandemic, the, uh, the vaccine, now there's a vaccine for everything. You sneeze, there's a vaccine for you. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, Pfizer and all this crap. And anyway, basically, I'm getting, I'm, well, I'm, I'm past the point of not respecting any young people these days, you know. You, they talk about bad education out of colleges and everything, but I would only re- respect somebody that's old that has uh, has uh, experience. You know, you have these little teeny boppers. All they know is a bunch of stuff they read in books or 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 are propagandized. They don't know a book if it hit them in the face. They read it online. No, but I know that they they don't know how to think. They they they. The medical establishment does exactly, you know, what they're told. I don't consider doctors doctors anymore. They're employees. 
you know. Yeah. But 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 it goes back to you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and a lot of things don't kill you. So there's a little bit of pain, whether it's the Fed with the the interest rates, or whether it's the medical establishment with you need a vaccine for everything, you know. I agree, and I think generally some of the things you're saying are true. I'm going to leave it at this because we got to take a break though, Jim. Um, and thank you for your call. Okay, all right. Have a great day. Um, I will give absolutely give that to you that the younger generation is a bit uh, soft and doesn't have experience, just like me and you and everybody when you're 20 years old or 25. The difference is we were forced to figure it out more quickly. We were forced to go to work. Once you turned 18, you went to college or you left the house. And you didn't move back. You simply figured it out. That forced us to grow up. And it forced us to engage in the world and learn from it and grow a little more wise more quickly. But I have to say this, too. It wasn't all perfect. It wasn't all right. And a lot, I see it, and I know you have to look for it. You do. But I see a lot of really great kids, 20-year-old, teenagers. And I don't know if it's a new thing, but I also see 30-year-olds growing up. Maybe they're growing up five years or eight years or whatever more slowly, but they're starting to get it. And I just don't feel like we ought to give up on it. They're not all stupid. They're not all, and I know that it is easy to put them in that bucket when you go out and man on the streets says, how many Supreme Court justices are there? I don't know, 130, two, I don't know. Yeah, the Supreme Court, and they have a, an opinion about it. They don't even know anything about it. They don't know who was on it. Who's the vice president of the United States? Oh, I don't know. Is it George Bush? These are the things that drive you crazy. Because they're like college kids. But at the same time, it's not all, they're not all. And I think that's a really important thing for us to remember. Okay, as we walk through this fog of doom and gloom in our world, got to take our final break. It is 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. And let's go ahead. We're going to jump on the phones here, but and, and I will finish up in the next hour uh, before the recording. We'll finish up talking about bonds, black swans, and all the, if you will, all the stuff going on out there. But right now, let's go to Elaine. Thanks for calling, Elaine. Go ahead, please. Hey, Dave. I wanted to know what you think about um, sort of the depreciating dollar that the do- because of all our printing and giving out millions of dollars to all kinds of countries and things going on, that bothers me the most probably of everything is is this devaluing of our of every dollar so even if you are gaining in the stock market and other things it doesn't you know what i mean that's just I do. one sure. more big thing to add to all of this mess you know elaine it's it's true first of all um the dollar has always been devaluing because inflation is not a bad thing low inflation is a very good thing we don't want disinflation. We don't want prices to go down. Just trust me. All you have to do is look at the Great Depression. And yes, that was de- devalue, or I should say prices went down, deflation every year during the Depression. We don't want that. We don't want that. And there's a lot of economic reasons, not the least of prices lower a year from now slows things down because everybody waits on purchases, okay? So that is not the circumstance we want. What we need to do is earn money faster than inflation. And that's the thing that's been disappeared from our society for a very, very long time. So what your question is, or comment, I should say, really, is multifaceted. What are we going to do to keep ahead of inflation? Absolutely, you need to own equities. That's always been the case. When we talk about equities returning stocks, returning 10% per year, that's true. But that's the nominal return. The real return is 7 after a 3% inflation rate. That's the real return, but it is 7 You know what it is with cash? It's zero. Bonds are like 1% or less. Real estate is 1%. Uh, real returns. Gold for the last 40 years, hasn't even come close to keeping up with inflation. It has a strong negative return, and I don't mean minus 
It is a big number. And as we go all the way back, people argue it, it's the only retention of value. I don't have any idea what they're talking about because it returns nothing, absolutely nothing. And so when we talk about it being the only thing that has is a hard asset that has anything, that's only because they get away with saying that. And I don't mean that they need to be arrested for it. It's just that people go, oh, uh-huh. oh yeah, that's the only real, like it's like God himself came out and said, this has real value. No, it's in the eye of the beholder, and you're going to swap money for it. But the return on gold since 1980 when I started in the business has been from $800 an ounce to $1,900 an ounce. Let's call it $2,000. Let's be a little generous. $2,000 an ounce, $1,200 gain in all of those years, and it has not a dime of interest. Now, I'm not cherry-picking a time. It hasn't worked for 30 years, 20 years, 25, really, ever. And, Elaine, i got to say this, though. My biggest concern always has been the size of government. It's too big. We take too much of their GDP to pay our bills, and that's going up because interest rates are going higher. We can't seem to slow down. Politicians spend money that they don't have, we don't have, and we won't deal with the problems that we have. We spend too much money, and the politicians have no courage, and that's the thing that bothers me so much. All right, uh, Elaine, I'm sorry you can hear the music. We're out of here, and I do appreciate the phone call. Uh, we're only out of here for a quick Fox News break, okay? And then we're going to come back. I'll be here for about 20 minutes. I hope you catch my opening monologue, if you will, because I'm going to talk more deeply about what you were just talking about. Inflation, how do you stay ahead? Can I just own bonds in this world? The answer is no. You won't stay ahead of inflation. You just will not. Can you own some? Yeah, absolutely. For the first time in 15 years, it's time to put bonds back in a portfolio. We'll be back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. All right. First of all, as you know, we like to say all this time, these are our opinions, my opinions, and mine only. And we're not here to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. We're the anti-that. I'm not here to make fun of Wall Street. I'm here to hopefully help you understand how little knowledge, certainly zero wisdom, there is to be hearing the daily buzz. It, it infects our minds, like I gave the example before, of, of when you have like $200,000 worth of deposits over your lifetime of work in a 401k, grow to over a million dollars, have a correction, and then what people say is, yeah, I lost 200000 when they didn't lose money. It's from some artificial high to where it is now, but they've made a ton of money from the low to where they are, or to, to what they put in to what they have now. And, and your effort in this is zero. It's a really amazing thing. Uh, so what did you have to do? What backbreaking work did you have to do to grow that money? None. None. Well, I mean, you had to show up and help the company from time to time, didn't you? Nope. They wouldn't let me on the property. I mean, this is the, the game we have to play, the mind game, where everything's a loser. And if the price of something temporarily goes down, you're a loser. Or the, or the idea that the only real thing is a pretty brick that produces nothing, that everything else is a pretend like, I can't use a dollar bill because it's not really real. But try using your gold piece at Albertsons. It won't work. It just it, all of the doom and gloom that circles around and says, but gold doesn't ever work. Capping your upside in the market doesn't work called an equity indexed annuity. It's not that all annuities are bad. They're not. And, and, but this idea of it all being all or none and, and the idea that you're equity indexed annuities, it doesn't make any sense. They're terrible. They're super high commission products sold on fear, not as a tool. Not as a tool. That's what's wrong. And we get that on t in this world of, of, of a black swan everywhere. What's a black swan? It's supposed to be a rare event. That's what a black swan is. They don't exist. 
And then they found one. And there's actually a few. But that was a phrase coined by Wall Street also to talk about the unexpected, out of the blue. 9-11 terrorist attacks, not expected. A black swan event. 2008 collapse, black swan event. Near collapse of all banking. Nearly was. We got black swans everywhere now. Crazy people. I mean, and here's the problem, right? It's like it's kind of like this generational problem, too, when we're dealing with this stuff. People are just happily TikToking. Oh, I got this funny cat video. <laughs> it's great. And they're passing around. And that's what we see. We've become very complacent, right? And so we worry because that generation is more focused on self than perhaps self-preservation or country preservation. So, so we see that and we worry about our complacency. And even Israel was complacent, weren't they? They're, the younger people were. And they're not now. We're not now. And, but I know, I got it. But a zillion bad guys were letting the country over the last two years. I know that. I got that. I 100% know that they're here. And 100% know we have a whole bunch of really smart people that are trying to find them before they can figure out how to do damage. But you take all these things together, and we've got all these quotes, black swans, everywhere you go. Why? Because we try this new experiment. You don't have to really work or do anything. You don't have to produce much. We're just going to keep interest rates at zero. And keep expanding, because deficits don't matter. Inflation doesn't happen. And so the Treasury and the Fed, part of the Treasury, continue to print and print and print at a, here's that word again, everybody loves it, unprecedented level. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars on the balance sheet. Trillions injected into the economy. Trillions. And weird, but we got inflation out of it. Now we got to try to put it back in the bottle. You can't do it. So we've got some stubborn inflation now. Not unprecedented by any stretch. Nope, it's not that high. But it certainly stopped the experiment. And people don't talk about the fact that deficits really aren't real. It's the modern monetary theory. That's all. That's all. That's all we got to do. That's what the leftist genius has told us. It's infinite. Just keep printing. So we've got black swans of inflation. Too much money. Deficits. Oh, it just goes on. Hours worked. Labor department. These, all these things that can really affect us are everywhere, and they're over-reported every single day. And I'm not even talking about the stuff like, well, what about a tactical nuke? What about a, a crazy person strapping them, a bomb to themselves to kill people? We've always had that. Always. Well, since nuclear bombs and crazy people, and crazy people have always been here. I mean, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But the idea that we can negotiate with people that are completely insane is, is, well, it's insane. They don't think like you think. They just want to kill you. Period. That's not a negotiation. There's no negotiation there. But we think there is, and we think we can work these things out, and then we have moments like this. And we have to acknowledge, why would stocks go up? Why? Can we just own some bonds? Mm-hmm, you can. They don't keep up with inflation the way stocks do. And they won't. But we kind of come back to the ground conditions that I like to talk about. And before I touch on that, I want to say this. Bonds will earn the coupon, period. 
Get used to price fluctuations. Turn CNBC off. If you think you're getting information, probably you get a little bit of data. If you really know a lot of stuff, you might be able to turn that nonsensical babble data into a little bit of information, but I doubt it. Probably more like misinformation. But there's no way it's knowledge or wisdom. It's not. If you like the gambling aspect of the market, that's fine. Listen to it, trade it, because that's what you're going to do anyway. Doesn't matter. But if you're a real investor, turn it off. And quit diving into why the world is going to come to an end, why the dollar isn't real. Okay. Well, it's really real when I go to the store. It's really real when I get on an airplane. It's really real when I pay for a meal. Housing. A remodel. Taxes. It seems pretty real. And nobody's taking my gold bars. The only real thing. Really? Okay. But, but the only way you can see that as logic is when you dive into the constant gloom online. And I know there's a driver. I watch Fox News too. Every other commercial by gold. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Or sell your insurance policy, I guess. Anyway, it, it is a world full of that. And getting more information about that is not helpful. Not because it's not helpful for you to agree with me. It's not helpful for your financial soul at all. Not at all. It's not information gives me more wisdom. No. Misinformation gives you more stupid. That's what it gives you. So don't kid yourself. Well, I'm just getting more information. No, you're not. You're afraid, and you're digging deeper in what you already believe. That's what 90% of research is. It's not a, a, an opposing viewpoint to one you already carry. You just get more information about what you already believe, and it makes you dumber. It doesn't make you wiser. It become, you, Becoming more entrenched in a belief system does not make you smarter. I believe that gold is the only real thing. Good. Read more about it and then tell me you know more about it and you're wiser about it. No, you're not. You've shut out anything else. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. Why will it work this time? I don't know. Maybe it will. But I choose to do what has worked. Before my lifetime, before my great-grandfather's lifetime, Investing in the great companies that advance technologies has always worked. It's not a game. It's not a ticker symbol. It's not a buy this, sell that, move in, do some options, straddling thing, look at the squiggly lines on the chart because we're going to do our technicians thing. It's a 50-day moving average, and look over here, and oh my gosh, let's go to Bob Pisani on the, oh, we just dropped below a 50-day 50 50 moving average line, and traders are just over, I mean, they're throwing up in the bathroom right now. Okay. Okay, that's probably not happening. They're not. But we have to have this constant all the time, and it makes us think we've got to stay on top of this and that and that. I mean, we don't. We don't. So what we have to think about is this. The ground conditions have shifted massively over the last 15 months or so. Interest rates have gone up substantially, allowing us to make this statement. I believe that this is the lowest risk time, the highest probability time in the last 20 years that you can take 5% cost of living adjusted income from your portfolio the rest of your life, no matter how long you live, and never run out. That's what I believe. Why? Because interest rates are finally back where they ought to be. Because you have to have some of your money 
in a reservoir, if you will, and now we're being paid on that reservoir. Something. More than something. And actually a, a reasonable return. And we can get lower risk investments that have tremendous yields to pour dividends in much higher than they were. Certainly the price of bonds and bond-like things, credit things, has gotten much better because it was a crushing blow. That's the ground conditions that we can walk back into and talk about a 60-40 portfolio again. But it's not 60-40. Why be stuck there? Because everybody likes a simplistic bumper sticker. This is how you operate your life on a bumper sticker. It is more complex than that. And there's many, many things out there. It's never been easier. Never been lower cost to be an investor, except for the things that are doom and gloom. It's never been as expensive. It's not come down at all to go buy an equity indexed annuity. There's like 10% commissions built into those things. Who hears? Here's the thing. This is like 50 years old stuff. Stocks used to cost a bundle to buy and or sell, and there was a huge bid and ask spread between the buyer and the seller. Everybody's taking a huge cut. None. You can buy them and sell them for nothing. Now they've got hedged projects out there. You, or if you're worried about the downside, fine. How much protection on the downside do you want? And then you change your mind next week and you're out. Just like that. Amazing stuff everywhere. You can buy real estate and then get rid of it in the form of a mutual fund. So many amazing things. And then we go back to the doom and gloom. 60-40 portfolio. It's just the reason why I'm talking about it so much is because people are talking about it. But they're talking about it like it won't work now. And it's finally repriced itself so it could work. Ground conditions. You don't have to predict the future. Just look at where you're at. If there's a lot of black swans out there, bad things. <laughs> Tiber, tigers in the jungle. You just don't walk down the road. If you just have to put some money on, uh, aside because it's dangerous, that's fine. But you don't, it don't make it an all or nothing. You can rebuild a portfolio now because rates are higher. We certainly are. And, and, and if there's no reason to think that the market's going to take off and leave you in the dust, you can most certainly be out there with your 6% bonds everywhere and when conditions change bam you're moving on you're not locked into a 10-year surrender charge period and a stupid annuity it's moved instantly and if the market does correct you're able to come back in and buy higher yields forever at better prices you're not trying to time it. You're just watching the market conditions, the ground conditions. We can own bonds now. It's changed so much, so much. And always remember, no matter what the prices are of those bonds, stocks, anything else, they move around in price. It doesn't mean you've made or lost money. Only if you buy or sell. That's all. And those are only two times. In between, prices fluctuate. And here's the other thing you have to bear in mind. Most of the time, most things don't work. It's the few things that drive all the indices, all of them. It's Apple up 40-fold since inventing the cell phone, the iPhone. 40-fold. You can have a whole lot of losers when you have 40-fold winners. But they're the ones that carry all of it, all of the gains. And that's where we get wrong. In other words, I'm wrong, 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 wrong. Of course you are. But if you get a few right, then you win big, which is why you generally have to be diversified, balanced, buy the market, quit worrying about individual components. Bonds pay their coupon. That's it. The prices fluctuate between now and the date they mature, and they will give you what they say. Quit, quit paying attention to the prices or listening to the babble. The bonds are in collapsing. What does that mean? Did I lose all my money? Yes, if you lost some, if you sell. 
If you keep it, you have it all, and you're going to get that. So whatever the coupon is, that's what bonds are going to pay. And that's an important point to keep in mind. As the world makes you think, you need to be trading in and out of all these things. You don't. And when the price goes down on a stock, it doesn't change its dividend. With that, I'm done. Enjoy a recording with Kevin Miller from this past week, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend.